Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Now you haven't heard already, Spotify is the greatest and next thing into downloadable podcasts. I know you're probably at the other one that starts with an A, but we're talking about Spotify. Spotify is an amazing platform where you can already listen to, to music, unlike the other one. And then you can just listen to your favorite podcasts, like Chef Salty Pork. <laughs> Don't go crazy. Head on over to Spotify. You can check out all the good details, like my podcast in there. And listen to tunes cool now ladies and gentlemen thank you again for joining us here at the chef's meal podcast today a special interview with michael wood from one year audio bible experience podcast what's going on casey hey man we're we're gonna come in up and at them and then um you know just kind of that all all goodness now really quickly um are you in like in the west coast I am from Southern California. Oh, wow. What is the weather there like? Well, it's crazy. That's the best word, but uh, it's been over 100 uh, in the past couple days. But uh, yeah, it's cooling down. It's great. Like I said, it's in California. You just wear layers, wear layers, (laughs) cold in the morning and then got to change into shorts and the tank top by the afternoon. Oh, wow. Is that is that like a normal occurrence? Yeah, yeah. California is this crazy weather. Oh my! But I well, love it. Hey, I mean, you wouldn't be there if you didn't like it, though, right? That's right. <laughs> now, really quickly, just if you don't mind, so our listeners kind of get a feel of it. What exactly and why did you start the podcast? Well, you know, uh, it's one of those January first things. You know, we all have our uh, uh, what do they call it? The our the thing we want to do for the year, right? Resolution. That's it. Resolution got you. I forgot the name of the word. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was one of those New Year's resolutions. And I thought, you know, I haven't read the entire Bible for like maybe 20 years ago. I read Mm -hmm. the whole thing cover to cover. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do that again. But, man, if I'm going to be putting in all that work, and I'm going to read this thing out loud, I guess. Why not have other people benefit from it? So uh-huh. kind of started. It, that's how it started. But, you know, some there's a perfectionist in me. And as I started to record and listen to this thing live, mm-hmm. I said, you know, we need some sound effects, man. We need oh. we, we need we need some music. And oh, wow. then it became a production. And sounds like it. And then a commitment, you know, <laughs> so I'm about halfway through. We're we're almost halfway through the year, right? Oh, wow. We're in June, almost mm-hmm. almost smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's I've been putting this show on every single day since January 1st. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, when you get halfway through the year, you're past the commitment level. Now you got to dig deep. Yeah. You, know, you got you to. Gotta why going. are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So that's how it started. Just, hey, who can benefit? But now it's really become something else. And as I gain listeners, I feel like I owe them the next episode. If they uh-huh. if, if they put in the uh, the effort to subscribe to this podcast, then I owe it back to them to, to give them something. Uh, I got you. 
Well, I mean, it's reading the entire book takes a while. I haven't done it in such a long time. I went to Bible college a long time ago. Nice. And we did the whole, you know, uh, reading the Bible one year also. Yeah. And I just, I just, I was like, man, this is a lot. It's a lot of language. It's a lot of scripture. So I, I completely understand it. Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't do like, um, I don't start from page one and then mm. go through like as if this thing was a novel. Um, yeah. You know, so I, every day I do um, an old, it is an order, but I, I'll do something from the old Testament and then something from the new Testament and then so uh, a Psalm or a proverb. And that's the package every single day. That way, you know, we're, we're moving forward. There's some stuff in the old Testament. We start getting into a lot of technicals, like how to build a temple. And uh, there's some, there's some laws in there and it's good to mix that up with some of the life and times of Jesus. So um, it's a nice package every day. And I actually got this list from another website that, there's mm-hmm. lots of websites out there that'll tell you a, a, a reading plan, but uh, I just want to emphasize starting the Bible from page one and then marching forward isn't always the best plan. <laughs> well, if you just kind of read it from page to page, from page one, it will it, it becomes a daunting task, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you need to have a really good attention span because it will just... It, it almost seems like it will blow past through your head with all the, the verbiage coming at you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I think mixing it up um, is enabled us to really march forward. And uh, I try to put some music in there, try mm-hmm. to be dramatic. I do some voice acting. Uh, so I try to keep it interesting. If I'm not having fun, you're not having fun. So that's why I kind of <laughs> added that one-year audio Bible experience, because that's what I wanted it to be, to experience the Bible. So it's not always designed for, for Scott, for let's say a Bible scholar. They might Mm -hmm. want something a little more serious. (laughs) Got it. I got it. This is for having fun. No, no, it it is a good thing. Now, the reason why we're kind of got together, because I I mentioned something about food on the Anchor podcast uh, channel, and you just happened to say that you also kind of was a dabble in food or have a a restaurant or some kind of thing. Yeah, I'm actually the on my day job. um, I'm actually the head instructional designer for a major restaurant chain. Uh, We have over 95 restaurants across three states. Oh, wow. um, now, lot. I can't mention the name of my employer because we have these, uh, you know, agreements and mm-hmm. I'm privy to lots of industrial secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's my day job. I basically stare at burgers and fries and uh, salads all day and uh, <laughs> on the computer, on the computer. Yeah, sounds like a good day, though. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a restaurant right next door to the corporate office, so. It's something nice knowing that anytime I feel hungry, I can go get something. That's a, that's a nice feeling <laughs> and a dangerous thing as well. <laughs> it is kind of dangerous. Now, I am also part corporate. That's why I can't necessarily tell people where I work also. So I understand. That's why I mentioned to you, like, I can't, I can't yep. tell you where I work. But in terms of privy information, though, I, I share it all in my podcast. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, my buddy Sean and I, now granted... Like I said, we can't tell you exactly the specifics, but I will share with you numbers. 
and mm-hmm. um, processes and procedures and you know uh, ways we can adapt etc cetera, etc cetera. because i feel like the, the whole reason i started it because uh if you look into chef like kind of podcasts or anything food related, it's either one, you're a foodie and you're just kind of eating around and experiencing things or two, you, you actually get to, you know, uh, hear the chefs, but they don't share with you actual information and in being one right. and having to do all those things. So I'm, I'm kind of, I took on the task of sharing that personally. Yeah, right on, right on, you know, and as chef, being a chef and being in the kitchen, it's both technical and artistic. Mm, I appreciate, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's a daunting task. I say it all the time. And, you know, yeah. And so as instructional designer, basically I'm responsible to train everybody. So Mm. if they decide, Hey, we're going to do a different kind of burger for the next three months. Well, people have to know how to make this thing. And yeah. so that could mean anything. It could mean I need to go in the kitchen and actually make a video, or maybe it's just one change, maybe just one specification change. Then you don't need a whole video. We just need a, a manual that'll just tell mm. you the, the specs. Or I've even done animation. I've done cartoons oh, um, wow. with actors and, and everything to, uh, if I'm doing explain. restaurant operations, maybe not so much for food, but for there's there's a lot more than food in a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm the all around guy. I could do video animation, uh, manual, technical manuals, websites, whatever the organization needs to train people. Wow. You're the guy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting position because it it requires a media specialist so that mm. there's that technician part of its graphic designer as well. Um, and then the other part is, is teaching education mm. and um, you know, a lot of people competing for my job um, may only have one of those two things. They are wow. either teachers, but they don't know their way around a computer to edit a video to save mm-hmm. their life or they're very technical and they can make videos and do amazing, beautiful designs, but they don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to <laughs> teach people, you know? So it's an interesting combination uh, of skills. Yeah. You really do have a, a set set amount of skills that kind of separates you from the pack per se. Yeah. And I came in from outside the food industry. I actually came uh-huh. from a teaching background uh, and then I started doing um, teaching classes on how to create websites. Uh, so I have a, I w- I'm a army veteran. So I was a, a multimedia specialist in the army. So mm. it's kind of where I got my beginnings. And so it, they took a risk with me because I had no restaurant experience, uh, but it. but I could teach you had, yeah, and you I could make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they okay. put me in the fire. I mean, I had to, I worked in the restaurant. I was out there, you know, mopping floors and cooking, making fries and making salads and slicing potatoes for eight hours. Uh, I was, they, they put me through the whole gauntlet. I mean, I, we have probably easily 40 or more things on the menu and oh, wow. I can make everything on that menu. And there you go. That was the requirements. Like I don't see a computer, or office chair 
till I could be boots on the ground in that kitchen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into food, shall we, if you don't mind? Oh, I love I, I look at food all day. So let's see. <laughs> now, just a just a, a few questions to kind of get the um, the taste buds going. Uh, what do you absolutely refuse to eat? Huh, that's a good question. You know what? I don't know. For some reason, I'm not into horseradish. Really? It just, it just, uh, I don't know. It has a certain, certain way about it, especially with like sushi or those types of combinations. So um, no to wasabi. Yeah. I'm just something about that palate just doesn't mm. sit well with me. I'm part Latin. So I got, you know, I'm into uh, tropical pina coladas, mangoes, chilies. Uh-huh. That sort of thing. Got it. But just yeah. not the, let's say, a, a harsher yeah. kind of uh, palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I'm Asian, so that is like second nature to me. Anything gotcha. harsh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. However, have you ever had a steak sandwich with horseradish mayo on it? You know, I did one time, even though I don't like horseradish, and it was made by a chef, mm-hmm. and he pulled it off. It was actually good. Yeah. Um but this is going to be a rare, you know, so, a rare chance. You know, you have to have someone who really knows what what they're doing with the ingredient. Got it. It's actually, uh, I can tell you right now, he probably used lemon juice or lime juice. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's you to know, cut the uh, it's to cut the the harshness ever so slightly. Uh, can I ask you a question now? Have, have you lived in Asia? I know you said you're uh, Asian. Yeah, I was born and raised. Yeah. Okay, so here's a rumor. And this for all the listeners out there. <laughs> I, the rumor is that us, uh, uh, you know, Americans mm-hmm. smell like butter and cheese <laughs> because and, it, and, and if you think about it, there's almost no cheese in the Asian diet. Almost Correct. none. If there is, Absolutely. it's a modern fluke. Right. But technically speaking, there's no cheese or in butter and sour cream and those sort of things. But. Americans, man, they like live off of that stuff. Even going to Europe, you know, people in Europe can somehow live till 110 and all they had was bread, wine and cheese their whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, So dairy is such a huge part of the Western diet. So is that rumor true? Does they come in there and this guy, man, this guy smells like butter or cheese or something. (laughs) Well, let me, um, I I would like to share some knowledge with you, if you don't mind. Oh, please. Uh, Did you know that 90% of all humans are lactose intolerant? Ah, interesting. That's a true fact. Okay. Yeah, because um, essentially dairy, a.k.a. cow's milk, if you think about it, uh, for us humans... Uh, the woman's breast milk is, is essentially um, made for the offspring to grow. Right. Right? Right. In, in the same token as a cow, their milk is only spe- so, uh, specifically for their calf. Mm-hmm. So all of the other things that has been processed and all of the other um, methods that had been done have been not really fine-tuned, but more so overlooked. So all the other... Not chemicals, but just the way that the the cows are raised is adversely affecting more more so than not um, yeah. nowadays. Oh, especially now with modern mass uh, cow milking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cow but in eating. Asia, we do not eat. I I don't even remember having like 
ice cream or any of that. I mean, I did, but then I had a stomach ache. But you know, we have yeah. we have other versions of it. But it's I I mean I I'm lactose intolerant. I I get a stomach ache every time I consume dairy, so I try to stay away from it. But I love cheese, so yeah. I'll take that I'll take that bullet every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and of course, you could take uh, the enzyme to help you digest um, dairy. Mm-hmm. You know, to help uh, artificially, people can take that enzyme that basically, like you're saying, a lot of people are are missing. Correct. Um, but man, how many Westerners? Man, they just dairy is <laughs> to take dairy out of their life. They wouldn't know what they'd probably starve to death. I mean, it's in, it's in everything. Yeah, from, it's from what you guys is what you guys eat. Yeah, <laughs> that's like ninety percent of uh, the American diet, if you think about it. Besides yeah. barbecue, it is. It truly is. Yeah. Now, um, the most disgusting thing you've ever eaten? Hmm. You know, I I can't remember because probably for a good reason. Um, <laughs> Can't I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Have you ever tried okra? Okra. Yeah, just as a vegetable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It tends to be on the bitter side. It's disgusting. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. <laughs> oh, you hate okra, got it's it. It's the one it's the one produce that I absolutely detest because it has the consistency of boogers. Oh, nasty. Yeah. That's it is pretty disgusting. nasty. But you know, it is a it's a natural emulsifier though. So if you need something to thicken up a soup, that's the perfect produce to use. But just gotcha. by itself, you should not. <laughs> you should nasty. not it. You know disgusting. what? I probably I, I keep it as a personal policy of mine not to eat really disgusting food. So that's that's a question that's hard for me to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Yeah. Now have you ever, um, or the longest, the longest you've gone without food or drink? Uh, you know, probably 24 hours. Oh, wow. would be the longest. Not that How long. How did that feel? Yeah. How did it feel? I was hungry, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I got a funny story about that. Um, and hey, that's what the podcasting's all about, right? Yeah, Stories. Absolutely. So I got this funny story. I was actually... Um, I was about 18 or 19 years old and I was becoming a Christian. It was like mm. the first time and no one told me to do this. This was just, this was a, a personal thing of mine. I mm. wanted to fast from food oh, uh, wow. before being baptized. Mm. And uh, again, that was a personal thing. No, it wasn't required or anything like that. I just thought, hey, I don't, I don't even know why I did. Maybe to make me think about what I'm doing. Okay, sure. So I fasted, and I'm not used to fasting at all. So yeah, 24 hours goes by. I get baptized in a pool in uh, in Orange County, Southern California. <laughs> and after I got baptized, I'm like, dude, I am ready to eat. <laughs> so uh, are you familiar with the restaurant In and Out? I am. Okay, so I went to In and Out because I hadn't eaten in a day. Now I'm I'm baptized. I'm ready to do this. So I go to In and Out, and of course, uh, you know, you know, they have that hidden menu at In and Out, so you can order uh, however many patties and slices of cheese you want. 
so <laughs> I said, I was so hungry. I said, give me a four by four. Oh, wow. So they gave me a four by four, you know, which is four patties, four, four patties, four cheeses, cheese. plus the lettuce, tomato and everything else. So I'm excited to go home. I baptized Christian uh, and, <laughs> and, I, and I worked hard to not eat. And I go to start eating this four by four and I was about halfway through it. And I sat back in my chair and I said, oh, my gosh, I committed my first sin. Gl- gluttony. Oh, my gosh. Self-indulgence. Glut- I just got baptized and I've already sinned. Oh, wow. Oh, so you I'll always remember that. That was my first sin after being born again. And it just went downhill from there. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. It is funny. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's more hilarious for people to actually understand that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, great! Oh I've sinned. God. Oh my good grief! Now, <laughs> ever eaten anything weird, like in terms of proteins or produce? Like I'm talking, I'm talking like whale or a shark or like a, an alligator. Hmm. You know, I. I tried to do this diet program um, and, you know, they gave me all this food I'm supposed to eat to lose weight mm-hmm. and whatever. And they had some octopus on there. Oh, that's not bad. You know, some tentacles, mm-hmm. some octopus tentacles. And, uh, you know, so I threw that, grilled that up a little bit. And you're right. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah. But certainly weird. <laughs> it is weird. That's an actual, that's a normal cuisine in Asia. Octopus. It is, huh? Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a lot of stuff in Asia I probably have not even attempted or had. They have a lot of we're, that fresh seafood out there. Yeah. We're just weird people. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to um, another uh, another friend of mine. Um, ever? You, I mean, you're in California, so you probably heard of it. Have you ever heard of Balot? No, I have not. What? No. Filipino, what is- Filipino restaurant Balot. Oh, okay. No, I haven't heard of that restaurant. Mm, now, um, it's not necessarily a restaurant, but it's a uh, it's a delicacy in the Philippines where we not not really cook, but um, braise uh, the duck egg right before it gets hatched. Okay. So all the proteins and even the duckling inside it um, becomes uh, you know cooked, and yes. that in itself it's what we call balut. So that's a a Filipino um, delicacy at like five a.m. or six p.m. at night. Interesting. Like you'll hear, yeah, yeah, you'll hear the the guy selling it just yell out that name, balut, balut, and then you go out and you partake in this egg that is jam packed with protein because that's what it is. It's um, we even we even suggest it to uh, to pregnant women to eat it to give uh, the most nutrients for the day. So it's this maximum protein. Yeah, it is essentially that's what it is. It's just jam packed in protein, and the broth is tasty. Everything you can you can eat everything too. Interesting. Yeah, but it will it will put you off if you're not used to it because you're looking at uh, the, yeah. the duck. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that on Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. You'll see an Iron Chef or like um, what was that Dare show? Um, oh yeah, the Fear Factor. Or something. Fear Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they kind of feature it all the time. They're like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know there's some crazy food out there. 
Now, um, have you ever been in a diet? Oh, well, hmm. Not hardcore, I'd say. Okay. Not too hardcore. You know, I'm not like, hey, I'm uh, I'm not going to have any carbs <laughs> three months, you know, or no, I haven't done anything like crazy like that. You know, there's dieting in terms of making good choices. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, all the time, but uh, nothing extreme. Got it. Now, how do you feel about intermittent fasting? I've heard about I've heard about that, like it's really good for uh, uh, weight loss and. Um, you could just go eat donuts, pizza and all that as long as it's within two hours, <laughs> a two hour window. Uh, other than that, you fast. Yeah. I've heard, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 I, I always ask it because I'm, I've been doing it for six months now and not just for weight loss, but I just wanted to see, cause your body can live, um, without food for 16 hours. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily need to keep eating. Like it, it can burn, you know, the calories in itself. So that's essentially what it's doing. Right. And then as long as you're eating within 2000 calories, which the normal intake is, you're okay. Yeah. And your body will burn it again. And then some more because you are and get to this zone or whatever. But just kind of, I always like asking it just because of, um, you know, just to see what other people's perspective is. But, you know, food is so much part of life. I mean, yeah. not just life physically but the life you live Mm -hmm. you know so for me you know if i have a family you know it's just it's not gonna make sense for my family it's like oh let's all go out but i'm this is uh you know this isn't my window so i'm just gonna watch you guys and it's just odd you know and uh eating can be a social thing yeah so that is true you know, let's go out, let's hang out, let's talk, let's eat, enjoy our food. Um, and then for me, I'm on the computer a lot and <laughs> it's hard to not just eat while I'm sitting there, especially if I'm doing a lot of thinking and my mm-hmm. brain is just burning through sugars like crazy <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I need to munch on something. So um, it's not just the diet, it's part of its lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Now, any kind of allergies? Not that I'm aware of in terms of food. Oh, wow. Yeah, nothing I'm aware of. I haven't had every kind of food out there, but um, not, not how about the big, how about the big five. Yeah, yeah, how about like the big five, like no. nuts, milk, luckily, eggs, no. shellfish. Yeah. Nope, luckily, no, I'm not allergic to it. Wow. Congratulations, you're one of the few. <laughs> really are most people allergic to one of those at least yeah that's what we call it the major the top five yeah. food allergens yeah you know it's interesting my my wife's allergic to onions now cooked or cooked or processed because there's two different ways there are um and she she can have both but she can have onion powder which is uh-huh. odd so onion powder doesn't bother her but Got it. dehydrated onion, um, you know, onion juice, obviously mm-hmm. onion itself. That's obvious. Um, but then I mentioned that because it, it does limit where we go as, as as a couple. I can't just pick a restaurant. Hey, let's try it out because more than likely they got onions and everything. Of course. And 
the other interesting thing is, you know, if you ask the layperson, is there onions in it? Like, let's say I'm asking for salad dressing. Mm-hmm. And if I were to ask a young person, um, hey, is there onions in your ranch dressing? Well, they're yeah. thinking, I don't remember seeing chunks of onion in the ranch. No, <laughs> but they don't realize there's onions in that thing. It's uh, in a powdered form or in a mm-hmm. liquid uh, form. Um you like listening to podcasts, but would like to make some money also? I know, it's weird, right? But there is such a thing called PodCoin. Ta-da! And right now you can download it on the iPhone and iOS app. And basically, you listen to podcasts through the PodCoin app, and you gain some points. And then you turn those points into gift cards, either the Amazon gift card or the Starbucks gift card. And you can also donate to charity. So what are you waiting for? Go to the PodCoin app right now, download it. And with our code, Chef Salty Pork, you can get some free PodCoins. All right? You heard it here first. PodCoin, PodCoin, PodCoin. And so that's what's much harder. And But it helps us to also see which restaurants cook their food um, to table And which ones are just reheating frozen stuff? Because the more processed food, the less questions they're able to answer. And there's less that they're able to do. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. no, no, the guacamole, we get shipped in from Indiana and we don't even know what's in it. And we just that's all we had. We can't change it. Can't do nothing versus, hey, they can make guacamole right here at my table. Mm -hmm. That's fresh. Yeah, they can make it without onions and they know what's in it because they're making it right there at your table. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that your wife is allergic to onions. Is it a complete bulb allergy? We have not pinpointed it yet. And you know Uh, what's uh, sad is that when she was a kid, no one really knew she was allergic to onions and she didn't know either. And she's from a Latin uh, family. And so oh, and they cook onions all the time, yeah, all the time. And so they're like, "Hey, you know, eat your food," and then she'd get sick, and they, <laughs> they don't know what's wrong with her. They just make her eat more. And um, although she said at one time she was able to have onion rings, mm-hmm. um, but then no more. So I think it's a food intolerance. But mm-hmm. when you go to a you know restaurant. It's hard. We don't go into the nuance of, well, it's not a l- allergy. It's an intolerance and all that. It's just, no, she's allergic. It's just easier yeah. to say. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. We um, Even in my restaurant, when somebody says, you know, I have, maybe I have like a, like a mild breakout, we treat it as an allergy because it's just easier to treat it that way. But I think... Because you said your wife is allergic just to onions raw and cooked. Yeah, she but can okay, have onion powder. powder. That's the only thing she could have. Got it. Because once it's processed, they retract all the proteins from it. That's why she's okay with it. Yeah, is that why? Or I thought maybe yeah. onion powder was made from a different kind of onion. Correct. It's like it's a it's like a two part process. So they dehydrate the thing, they get rid of all the liquids, they then cook it, and then it's imparted with other, um, not yeast, but to make up the the texture of it. Uh, right so there must Mm -hmm. be something about that but she can't have like dehydrated onion or onion juice yeah yeah yeah. that's what like that's why i ask you because um whenever somebody says allergic to onion 
we we in the field will automatically say, okay, it's a bulb allergy, so no garlic, no celery, no scallions. Um, yeah, she can she no can shallots. have garlic, no problem Mm-mm. with garlic. But you're right, anything in that family, she can't have shallots. She can't mm-hmm. have um, the green onion, and mm-hmm. you know, I think as a replacement in terms of recipes, I've heard of um, fennel. Fennel, fennel is a good way, yeah. Because it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't have that protein. Yeah, and it kind of can get a little bit of the onion flavor to some mm-hmm. degree. Not definitely not as strong. So I'm gonna make you cry, but uh, I've heard that as a little bit of a replacement. Yeah, celeriac. That's another good one too. Mm-hmm. But it just depends if she's had it too, though. Yeah, and she might have trouble with beets as well. Yeah, I might. So she it can- just. Yeah, just have to be careful. That's all it is. You so know, that's how we treat allergies. Yeah, you know it's interesting uh, when we go to PF Chang's. Have you heard of that restaurant? Of course, yeah. When we go to PF Chang's, man, they're 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 hardcore when it comes to this allergy thing. She'll oh, yeah. say, "I'm allergic to onions," and we already know that the there's a couple dishes we're able to get there. But man, mm. every time we go, they they say stuff. They use all this technical stuff. No one else does. They'll say. All right, well, we're going to cross-reference this with the onion matrix. Like, that's the first thing I've ever heard. Or, or the allergy matrix. Is this yeah. a place where we go? I'm not sure what that is. but uh, And then the server, it, they, they're not trying to be offensive, but it can uh-huh. sound, I guess, not appetizing when they come to the table and they say, here's your onion burger, or here's your... Here's your onion. Pl- here's your plate with no onions. Like, um, but they'll say it in a way like uh, it's infected. Like, yeah. you know, like you know, they're serving everyone else. Here's your beef and broccoli. Here's your orange chicken, and here's your onion rice. You know, oh, my huh? like <laughs> here's your onion burger. <laughs> Sounds now, good. Have you ever tried uh, being a vegetarian or a vegan? Maybe for one meal, <laughs> but uh, as a lifestyle, you know what? It's probably a good lifestyle. I could probably get away with it. Um, and as I'm now in the full on in the restaurant industry, I'm mm-hmm. leaning towards it, but not from an ideology. You know, there's some yeah, who yeah, yeah, yeah. just doing it because they're afraid of animals and mm-hmm. dying and that sort of thing. And, I'm not discounting that at all. My mom is hardcore vegan and she loves animals and that's part of her reason. Um, So I totally understand. Uh, But, but if I did it, it would be more for health purposes. Um, Just trying to steer a bit away from the animal products like Mm -hmm. meat and cheeses. Um, Probably just better for my health. Honestly. Ultimately is, yeah, I was, uh, a reason I asked because uh, my wife and I do an 80, 20 rule kind of, and if you've, um, you'll probably hear this a lot on the chef's meal episode. If you ever, you know, get to a chance to listen to one of them, I always mention this towards the end because 80% plant-based that way, you know, you can have all the nutrients and all the proteins and stuff, but 20% everything else, it gives you a little bit of a slack leeway to still eat whatever you know, you should still feel like it. Maybe we'll get pizza one day or yeah. maybe we'll get, you know, a burger. But it's it's a low percentage that we're going to do that. But, it, you know, your body feels a lot better consuming mostly plants than anything. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, some of it's a lifestyle. I mean, we were just, you know, we have two daughters and having kids around, you know, uh, you know, they're going to have pizzas and they're going to have fast food. <laughs> um, sometimes we don't have time to cook fresh food and have vegetables mm. and all that. So we got to go through the drive through and there's just not really enough healthy food out there. Uh, when it comes to drive through and takeouts, they're just, uh, I mean, you guys lot. got Chipotle. Yeah. You know, a lot of onions, onions, <laughs> onion city. See, we run into problems. I think that we've had the true. best luck with Pollo Loco. Oh yeah. Cause you get, you know, you can get the chicken and, uh, oh, well then that's not vegan now. <laughs> it's chicken. Yeah, it's so chicken. see what I mean? It's really tough. <laughs> And it's a hard, um, it's a hard lifestyle if you're really going for it. Yeah, really you got to cook. You know, you, you got to cook at home. There's this no way around it. You, there's not enough fast food, uh, vegetable stuff out there. Correct. Although I did have the Beyond Taco at Del Taco, which, oh yeah, incidentally, is their number one best selling taco right now. Oh wow! Um, and of course, it's totally vegan. Um, mm-hmm. It's not organic. It is vegan though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had it. It was. Have you had that Beyond Meat? Have you had it? I have not. I mean, I, I've no. There's a couple places here that serve it. I really do want to try it because it looks. It, they've they've created something where it mimics. Yeah. The um, the 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 red protein that uh, meat has. And it gives you that unctuous kind of mouthfeel that you're missing if you're trying to mimic it. So I am, you know, I would like to try it. Yeah, it's very different than, let's say, uh, a veggie patty. Um, yeah. Which can which can be dry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so people need to make up for it with sauces and other things like that. Um, but it's juicy. It's like, uh, it's a, it's got, it almost seems like it has the fat of an animal. Um, which makes it, I know that doesn't sound appetizing when you're talking oh, it about it. Right it sounds great. But when you eat it, it's really, that's the <laughs> flavor. It's savory. Um, so they've captured that juicy, savory experience. Um, yeah. But it is, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of it that's processed. This, mm-hmm. is, this is not something that they just grew out of the ground. This is heavily, um, modified i mean mm-hmm. to the max you know this thing's a a man-made and nature creation yeah <laughs> and it's, it's an evolution GMO. yeah you can say it's a gmo yeah it's an absolute gmo yeah it's this genetically modified organism so um i i mean i would like to try it i, I really would like to try it yeah you know i remember reading um when i was a teen that was really hardcore into role-playing games and things like that. And mm-hmm. there was a role-playing game called Shadow Run. I wonder oh, if yeah. anyone out there is a Shadow Run fan. <laughs> I've heard of it. My brother used to play it, actually. Yeah, it's like a cyberpunk yeah, meet, yeah. <laughs> meets um, Dungeons & Dragons. There's like it's elves and oh, my word. dragons running around the future world. Anyway, um, so they write all these books that take place supposedly in the year 2050. And to give it that futuristic dystopian feel, almost all the food in Shadowrun was soy. 
They were looking at soy is like the food of the future. Like that's all we're going to have. Soy shakes, go. soy burgers, you know, just because you can grow it in a lab and yeah. <laughs> it's replaced food. <laughs> Tofu. Yeah. It's just everything yeah. soy, everything soy. You're talking my language now. That I makes mean, me excited. What do you think? Is Can soy be a viable thing that in the future we live off soy? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You, uh, off tangent, did you know that in Japan, or rather in uh, rural China, that's where it became, uh, the reason we, when I say we Asians, we came up with tofu was after we've used the bean, to do everything else, someone had found a way that if you just let it clump together, because the yeast will build up, right, and then harvest it, yeah. and then just depending on how long you let it set, it becomes a protein source. Yeah, and you're like, what is going on? And then it can read, it can reprocess itself, so you're essentially just keep on eating the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe and they weren't too far off. Yeah, that was like ages ago, if you think about it, right? Yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're at 2050s coming. And uh, <laughs> we got beyond beyond tacos a step in that direction. I don't know. So um, oh, there's no God. animals left. We're just going to have soy. Have soy. <laughs> yeah, we just soy. <laughs> now, just a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Now, um, have you ever eaten spam? Uh, once or twice. I know that in Hawaii, it's like a national product and all that, but uh, in the Philippines also, yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow the I think what the the soldiers must have brought it out there. It's the soldiers, yeah. It was during the World War era, and they thought that this product was so amazing because one, it's a it's a good source of um, salt, yeah. So it helped flavor everything. Two, you can just eat it and it lasts forever in that tin. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's like a five year. Like um, upkeep on that tin, which is just insane. And then three, we 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 found that um, if you grill it ever so slightly, yeah, put it on two pieces of bread and have mayo on it. That's what we call a hamburger. <laughs> oh, that's a hamburger, huh? <laughs> and it's very salty. It's extremely salty. Is there um? Have you heard of Jollibee? Like where you're from? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you should look it up. There's, there should be a lot of Jollibee restaurants by you because you're, you're in California, pretty much. Yeah. It's a Filipino restaurant. Okay. And one of their main staple meals is a uh, is a spam burger. Ah, interesting. It, it's literally just two pieces of bread, spam in the middle, and some mayo. That's it. And they call it a day. Call it a day. <laughs> it's super salty. I would, I would equivalent like cooking with it. It's going to be like a thick piece of bacon. Yeah. In terms of the um, uh, the the taste profile. Mm-hmm. It's gonna you be can also grind it up really fine and just stick it like anchovies kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's like a slight hum of the dish. You're like, ooh, what's that taste? <laughs> uh, once again, giving that saltiness, um, the anchovies can bring as yeah. well. I uh, know. Uh, were we going to talk mac and cheese? Yeah, I was just about to ask you the final question. The <laughs> mac and cheese. Because I wanted to save it the last. Why uh, mac and cheese? Mac and cheese, man. You know, I wanted to talk about that. I wonder how many of the listeners out there love mac and cheese. 
But I think most of us do, you know. You know, but is it just a Western thing? No, it's a, Asians it's are an, into that. Yeah, too? It's an Asian culture too. Yeah, but I thought you know mac and cheese is an interesting subject, and and because it's fiendishly simple, mm-hmm. but it's hard to master it. Correct. Be- I mean, I can't say you can really mess it up. I- I'll give you that. Anyone can make a mac and cheese, mm-hmm. but to make it great. That's a challenge. And that's why Correct. I think it's such a great subject. It's it's like those bonsai trees, right? Anyone can mm-hmm. take a little tree and, and and cut it up. And yeah, it's it's a bonsai tree. But there's an art there to make yeah. a great one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I you know, and, and I had an interesting story uh, when I was a little kid, I was four years old, and I was at a preschool. or daycare, whatever it was. And I have a distinct memory, which is odd because honestly, I probably couldn't tell you what I had for dinner last night, (laughs) but, but I could tell you what I had, you know, when I was four at this preschool and I was in the sand pit with another kid, another little boy, and we were play fighting and we were like uh, moving in slow motion, like Mm -hmm. super, slow street fighter, right? As slow (laughs) as we can go. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden the dude's face was bleeding. Oh, I don't know if I kicked him or punched him or I don't ever remember touching him at all. Uh huh. I just know his face was bleeding from something and the teachers came and they picked him up and he's crying bloody murder or screaming bloody murder rather. And Same they, thing. They take him into the kitchen uh, where the sink was, and mm-hmm. I remember them washing his face, and he's just crying. And then I'm in trouble, so they put <laughs> me against the fence, and I had to wait for mom to pick me up. So that oh. could have been two hours. I'm just you got this four year old basically and incarcerated, you know, by this fence, and I don't know what happened to the kid. I I didn't touch him. I didn't even know the guy. Well. What does this have to do with mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, they made mac and cheese for all the kids as like a snack. Mm. Well, guess what? I didn't get to have any. Oh, that's messed up. So I don't really know what it tastes like. But I think for my whole life, there was this hole, a void that I <laughs> needed to fill. For mac and cheese. Yeah, for mac and cheese. Like, I needed to pursue. If it, if I see it on the menu, I order it. It's like, <laughs> I, I need to, and I need to try all the different ones, you know, and I have to see what works. And, and I've, I've made my own mac and cheese. Um, I followed recipes, uh, you know, and I'm always in that pursuit of, of the, the perfect mac and, mac and cheese. And it goes back to that moment. Oh, wow. Very traumatic moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was like I was in a war or something. It's like a war flash flashback. Kid, blood, screaming. With the mac and cheese. With mac and cheese somehow mixed in there. Oh, my word. So you can't mess with little kids, man. You don't know what (laughs) imprints they're going to grow up with, you know? Definitely. (laughs) My traumatic experience is what I shared with you earlier about the okra. My oh. grandmother, yeah, my grandmother gave it to me. Here's a here's a quick story. Um, when I was, I think, four, 
she was making some kind of stew. I, I still remember it vividly. Yeah. Um, I came back from um, school. Uh, we brought the grocers together. And then she made this stew. I don't know what's in it. Whatever. I eat anything, pretty much whatever my grandmother puts in front of me. She puts this lump of soup. I'm like, oh, okay. It looks kind of cool. I started to eat it. And immediately, I started to choke. <laughs> Right, right. Oh my gosh! There's this, there's this viscous amount uh, of just goop that I didn't understand why she was giving it to me. Like, yeah. la, what is this? She's like, just eat it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not what you do. It's like a thickener, uh, as you say. Yeah, yeah. I oh. looked to my, I looked to my grandfather. It I was coagulated. Like, uh, I was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? He comes up to the table. He takes a look at it, wiggles the bowl. And then he's like, um, that looks alive. Why, why are we feeding this to our grandchild? <laughs> oh, man. Nasty. That's crazy. I haven't yeah, had that. That's my traumatic experience. So but you from know, one trauma to the next. I tell you. But, but I found that making mac and cheese is a challenge because you get pasta. You can't just grab a block of cheese and melt it on the pasta that mm. that doesn't work the cheese you know gets oil, the oils break up and it right so then mm-hmm. there's all these proposed solutions you know people use the processed cheese you know mm. like velveta but uh, to really make mac and cheese you have to make a roux mm-hmm. and i think that's what stops everyone that stops the that's from the the chef to the amateur they that's that'll stop you in your tracks <laughs> because you got to uh it's easy to uh, to it's easy to mess up your roux mm. you could burn the butter right mm-hmm. you could boil over um cuz you can separate it's got to be perfect yeah it's a french thing it's truly it's a, french- a french thing I appreciate you throwing some uh, some lingo my way. All right, it is a French technique. So, mac and cheese, as simplistic as it is, can be a little difficult because um, you got to make the roux. And I've tried, I tried, you know, Emeril Lagasse. Mm-hmm. I tried Love his him. mac and cheese. I tried his, and he has he has his uh, essence that he puts in there. The uh, Cajun, <laughs> the Cajun thing, which I didn't. You know, you can go to the grocery store and buy a bottle of his essence, but absolutely. But when I saw the recipe, I didn't know that, so I literally had made the you whole made essence. Um, <laughs> now, at the end of the day, long story short, and it was a very long story to make his mac and cheese with his mm-hmm. essence from scratch. Long story short of it, it ended up being very light, light, light tasting, light tasting. Oh wow! It didn't taste like heavy, cheesy. Mm. It was more light and creamy, with a little, a little uh, kind of kicks you. The spices kick in, in in the aftertaste. Got it. So it's kind of more of a trait. Uh, you know, it follows you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see really his genius as a chef because it's mm-hmm. subtle. It's the subtleties. It's like yeah. classical music, if you will. Yeah. But That's I can't say do. it's the best. It was good, but mm-hmm. I, I'll, when you're ready, I'll tell you what I think is the best mac and cheese. Well, let me let me explain to you how I like mac and cheese first before we get into yes. that last point of yours. So 
I I will eat mac and cheese in any form. Yes. However, if um, if someone can give it to me in a bake format with a crust on top of it, only because I love texture. Yeah. I think that's the only thing. I, I, I have to have this crunch. Yeah. And if they can nail that crunch right, just enough, but it's still creamy on the inside and gives you uh, that unctuous flavor, the, the mouth feel, yeah. I think it's a win-win chicken dinner, you know, kind of thing. So that's my favorite version of mac and cheese, the bake version. You know, you, you get your roots together, you mix the, the pasta and the cheese or preferably three cheeses to give you the, yes. the mouthfeel, whatever, yeah. a little salt, a little pepper. Yeah. But I like the, the scallions in it only because I, ha- I like that little hit of uh, onion. Mm-hmm. And then you go on ahead and make your crumbs, but the crumbs has to be light. I don't like it heavy, but right. it needs to toast ever so slightly. So the, the only snippet would be I bake it at 300 for a little longer than usual and then throw it underneath the broiler for two minutes to give it the crisp. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just trying, yeah, you're just trying to, yeah, crisp up the bread a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you have too much, it's gonna take away. It's gonna take away from mac and cheese. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a fine balance. See what I mean? I love mac and cheese. It's so fiendishly simple, but <laughs> and it's hard to mess up, but it's hard to make it great. Mm-hmm. So what is your <laughs> version? All right, this is crazy. And I've tried lots, right? I've tried lots. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's hard to beat this contender. And I love this because everyone listening can go get it. Go into the store, go, go into the freezer section, and Stouffer's Mac and Cheese. Oh, wow. You went I think, with Stouffer's. I think it's the best. I think so, too. Right, Stouffer's. Now you got it. Mm-hmm. Don't do the microwave. You got to do the oven. Yeah, because uh, you get that crisp. It doesn't have the 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 crisp like from the breadcrumbs, but the crisp from just the oven baking. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some of the that that cheese that gets really almost blackened. Adds, oh, on the sides, yeah, yeah, yeah on yeah. the sides, right on the sides. That adds a little bit of texture to it. You don't want to burn it, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. I think it has all the dimensions of a good mac and cheese. You there can you taste the different cheeses that are going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone could ma- do better with fresh pasta. Uh, you can make a better version of it, but <laughs> but you miss the flavor. It's yeah. the flavor. I think they really captured that cheddar cheese feel. Of mac and cheese without being too processed. So in my yeah. opinion, it's hard still to beat. Still number one. Got it. Even if you can come up with a better one, I still think it's a, a worthy contender, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's the simple things, you know? It doesn't yeah. have to be fancy. As long as it's good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I looked on the back of the box. It says there, uh, there's uh, an address for Switzerland. <laughs> so I don't know if... Is is Stouffer's a Swiss company? Maybe, maybe someone out there, uh, you know, can let us know. But uh, I know they're owned by Hershey's, um, but Stouffer's as a brand, they might have their roots in Europe or Switzerland. And if they do, that would explain a lot. I've been to Switzerland, and Swiss- mm. Switzerland, when it comes to cheese, right, they take great pride in their cheese. 
for sure. Oh, absolutely. So if this is a, something that's coming out of Switzerland, well, that could explain it. I definitely could. And something you could freeze and reheat and still have great flavor. That says a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now that's, that's pretty much all my questions, bro. What a great freaking podcast. I really, truly appreciate you. Thank you. You too, Casey. Yeah, man. Hey, like I said, at the end of the day, it's the simple things, right? It's all about that essential, let's say, mac and cheese flavor for you or the the essential crumb for me that makes it all the difference. But to each their own. Yeah. But once it ticks that one box, you're like, oh, that's it. That is that is the spot. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you don't mind. This is the part of the show where I ask you if you could just please share where they can find you so our listeners can find your uh, your podcast. Well, check out One Year Audio Bible Experience, um, or you could type in my name. It's actually easier to find it with my name, uh, hmm. Michael Wood. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-O-O-D. And you could go to my website. That's Alpha Writing. That's A-L-P-H-A hyphen w-r-i-t-i-n-g.com that's where i put all my stuff um and so if you want to learn how to make websites i got that on there too <laughs> wow well, there you go now i'll make sure that i'll link all of michael's uh, information below so everyone can go check it out but i truly appreciate you thank you for your time i understand that i've taken already 55 of your minutes yeah i'm getting hungry i know you, I know you can't get it back but i hope you had a good time doing it <laughs> I loved it, man. I love your show. Awesome. Now, again, Chef's Meal airs every Monday uh, where Sean and I talk live in the restaurant about our numbers and how we go about our day. But also Chef's Meal on Thursdays where you can hear folks like Michael and his podcast and his love for mac and cheese. So make sure you stay tuned Thursdays at 10 a.m. where I release the episodes. Other than that, have a good one. Ready for some more content? Some more videos, some photos, extra extravaganzas? You can now head on over to our Patreon account where the goodies lie. Patreon.com slash pork and wine will give you all the extra good bits that we don't even post anywhere else on social media except for Patreon.com. Head on over, subscribe. We would love to talk to you and just give you some extra feedback and extra, extra of everything. Just extra extra of everything. <laughs> Again, patreon.com slash pork and wine.